Welcome to Carry the Convo podcast, where we share our ideas and hopes to inspire others to converse like us. I'm your host, Tashar, and this is another installment of our dialectic series, where we investigate a topic personal to someone in hopes to grow in the idea together. On today's episode, I am conversing with Virginia. She is currently a manager at a restaurant, but aspires to become a writer. On today's episode, we dig into the question of love and what it really is. Then we spend a few moments to discuss censorship of books and when we can truly determine whether censorship is warranted or not. We end today's episode arguing why there is no such thing as being a moderate, as well as entertaining the idea of political sentiments as a social framing device. I hope you enjoy today's discussion. thing to just get into so i usually just cut it in whenever i feel like it like now that's hilarious <laughs> so that's how i do it it's it's, it's like youtubers whenever they don't have an intro they're, they're like, like uh, it, uh it. anyways how are you doing virginia i'm good good I'm really this is good. your one day off two days off you two, got two days, days off i oh. went to the gym this morning ah we love fitness yes i actually had my doctor appointment yesterday they called oh. me and they're like oh it's on wednesday i was like Thank goodness you called me because I definitely would not have come. And those vampires <laughs> yes. stuck me twice, once in this arm and once in this arm. This one actually hurts so bad. I had a, like a, a phlebotomist that was, he called himself Dracula. And I don't know if that was some sadistic <laughs> thing or if that was to comfort me, but I, either way, I didn't feel comfortable. You're like, awesome. I'm like, great. Whoa. Keep, I hope I get my blood results back. Keep those bad boys to yourself, huh? <laughs> You're like, uh, it was weird. He went for my neck and everything. I don't kidding. That'd be crazy. But anyways, so yes, you work as a what manager at a, at a food restaurant. restaurant. Yeah. That is exciting. But you want to be a writer. The more exciting thing. Yeah, I do really want to be a writer. Okay, so I tell me. To... Oh, sorry. You need to write. I will. It's written, right? So like. So have you fin? You finished so your finished. first book. So the, this okay. is what happened, right? I have a box of composition notebooks in my house. Uh huh. That I started, like, I would just, growing up, I would be like, I have the premise for a book, and I'd write the first chapter, and then Uh just drop it. And I would never find a way to finish it. I I could never close, right? Okay. Senior year, last bit of school, I start writing the book right now. Mm -hmm. And um, I continue to write, and I'm like, oh, I'm actually, I really feel like this is a good storyline. I feel like I've developed as an individual. I now have a better voice, like, for writing. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not so naive and it's not so juvenile. It's like got some depth to it. And I'm not saying that I'm like some some deep You're not deep the writer. Next Stephen King or anything. But I'm right definitely now, not one of these like. Uh, want to be like. Well, I mean, I, I here's the thing. I don't want to bag on any we're writers. Not, we're not yelling at anything, anybody. You can say. But it. <laughs> there are just some people that I'm reading it and I'm like, this lacks depth. Like I, you don't even know what the characters feel like. It bounces around. You're like the storyline's loose. Mm-hmm. So. I'm sure that's, like, how I used to be. And then I was, like, really getting into it, and then I lost it. Oh, <laughs> I, no. I lost the actual physical book. Um, and then I found it, and I was like, oh, my God, I found it. And so I wrote this book over the course of, like, five years. It took me five years to complete this book. Now, if I sat down and I was, like, writing a book, I could probably write one in, like, two years. Mm-hmm. But, um, and the thing is, I wrote it all by hand. 
because I'm the silliest little goose. So now I'm having okay. to type it up. So, but as I'm typing it up, I'm editing it too, which takes a lot of time. So, oh, that actually is a good process. Yeah. So too. like as I'm typing it, I'm reading it. First of all, I retyped the, the first chapter because I was younger then, and I read it, and I was like, this is not a great opening. So I retyped <laughs> that first chapter, and I'm yeah. like, I feel like it's a little bit more solid now. Mm-hmm. I'm about halfway through typing but like it's like i'll read a paragraph and then i'll type it and i'll be like oh you just go back and want to say a different way and also as you're reading it you're like oh i used this word last paragraph it's a very it's a word that stands out let me try to find something else so it doesn't seem like i'm repeating myself and stuff so sometimes it's like a smooth transition transition and then other times it's like okay let me spend like 30 minutes on yeah, this to one like, word yeah. to figure out I'm what like, works. Ooh, that's definitely not good. To, or like the wording. Do wording's you have weird. a projected time of finishing? I really hope to finish it by the end of the year, but that's going to involve me sitting down, like not talking to people and just, <laughs> just writing, being and just a hermit. <laughs> Literally. And I don't want to, I don't want to sacrifice uh, life for it. Yeah. Cause like, so being a writer would be my end goal, right? Like to mm-hmm. be a full-time writer, you're going to have to have a lot of books out already and also yeah. be writing books. I totally get that. So I'm, I am not necessarily in a rush. Like yeah. I, I know that that's my end game, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, let me, let me do this and like do this while I do this, mm-hmm. see if I can add income, see if I can do that. And eventually I'll get to a point where I can flip it over perhaps. Yeah. But, um, so that's like just strategy. So right now you're just kind of taking it slow and yeah. working on taking so. it slow, working on it. I want to type, finish typing it up, put mm-hmm. a LLC on it. I think is what it is where yeah. you like, yeah. The liability. And then start, um, sending it out to editors maybe or, um, publishers. And then I'm sure publishers will be like, we'll take it, but change this. And yeah. I know a lot of people self publish, but I feel like it's a lot harder when well, you have it's like not corporate even backing. That. I feel like things that are self published don't usually go as far. And I feel like they mm. don't go as far because here's the thing, like, People self-publish because they want to see more of the money, right? Yeah. I totally get that. But if you self-publish, you're not putting it out there like how other publishers and how other people would. They have connections and stuff. Oh. So it's like maybe you don't see as much money on the front end, but they're getting your name out there. And then after you finish writing this series or whatever, if you don't want to use them again, you don't necessarily have to because they already made your name for you pretty much. Yeah. Like there are some authors that wrote with one company and then wrote with another. Yeah. Like, yeah you yeah. just transfer over. That makes sense. So yeah. what genre are you trying to stay in? Or so if you this, are? this first book is like... Uh, not paranormal it's like supernatural romance sort of mm-hmm. i guess like you could call it i wouldn't call it young adult i'd call it new adult is what it's called but it's like like a step up from like teenage so like if divergent is young adult or whatever then this mm. is like new adult so like people probably in like their 20s to 25s well no like not that. not even the characters but like um like and the, the, the readers, readers. Yeah, yeah, readers. Yeah. I mean, it, anybody could read it, obviously, but like That's it maybe ha- it maybe has more vulgar more vulgar thoughts than like a, a, like a young adult thing would. Not what Cadness Everdeen would say. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not what Cadness Everdeen would say. Yeah. And it's this one is um I didn't write anything illicit in this one or whatever. Oh. But but if you were to ask me what the book is about, it's not necessarily about romance. It's about a girl with problems with her family. Ah. <laughs> oh. That sounds romantic. I mean, she's also a witch, but like that's like a secondary oh, portion of the plot. <laughs> we love the we love the plot twist. Um, but I also have an idea for another book series. So I my hope is to publish this first one, mm-hmm. work on the second book for this one and the first book for the series at the same time, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna type them up this time instead of write them out like a little silly goose. Yeah. And then um, the hope is to like maybe I can publish this second one, publish this first one, and like keep that going. Oh, okay. So just while kind of build I develop up from new there. ideas for other books and stuff. Oh, 
That sounds like a solid plan. Yeah, and this other one that I have an idea for, I do, I'm, like, doing a lot of research. It, that, that one's, like, a fantasy-based one. Oh, okay. So, like, that so one is, like, is like world stuff. building. Well, it's, like, it's like I mean, I don't want to say it's, like, D&D, but imagine, like, characters from D&D, but, like, in a more modern world where, like, cars mm. and phones exist and stuff like okay, that. Okay, okay. So it's more, like, you have to think about, like, okay, what's the context of this? Okay, it's kind of how, like, how yeah. do these creatures, like, what are their abilities? What do they do? Mm-hmm. Like, how did we get here from there? It's a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, I was going to compare it to, like, kind of what... The, the showrunners at like Avatar The Last Airbender did with like The Legend of Korra where they like yeah. pushed everything and then they introduced like cars and cities and yeah. democracy. Sort of like that. Okay, mm-hmm. that makes and sense. Then, and then all these creatures have like different um, uh, political things. Like mm. are, these are a monarchy. This is a democracy. You know, this I mean, stuff, stuff, stuff like that. Okay, there yeah. are lords and ladies in this in, uh, in for these people and then they're blah, blah, blah. So it's a lot of like like, tying in like the society and yeah, the yeah, it's more of that too. which I think is harder to do and keep people interested unless they like that's a very specific alley to yeah. go down. Like, like, like if you're gonna do that, you still have to make sure that it's interesting and it's like attention grabbing. Because <laughs> I feel like you can get really lost in just like writing like, oh, and then this happened in 69 BC, blah 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 blah, and then and people the are legislation like, uh, passed in the yeah, house, and, and the commons. people are like, I'm not gonna remember that. I'm yeah. literally going to I, like, I'm I as soon as I read that word, it left my mind. I will never ever remember that. That's fair. So just kind of figuring out a balance between like the good technocratic, not technocratic, the technical aspects of it, while also the entertainment and the sort of fantasy aspect, yeah. not losing mm-hmm. sight of that. That makes sense. Well, I'm excited to see the work that you produce. Yeah, and I would give the name of the first one, but I don't want somebody to seal it. So yeah, so I will not right now. That's okay. We're gonna I call am it going to. The I hopefully Tush experience. Perfect. <laughs> That's what we're called. After it's written, I think I'm going to make a website. So I'm going to okay. start, like, sending the web... And I'll make, like, business cards for the website. So I'll be like, oh, look, this is... I have this book coming out. You're like, I'm an accomplished writer. I'm looking for a publisher. <laughs> uh, please. Please. <laughs> Desperate. Well, fair enough. I'm excited. And as soon as you finish it, I expect a physical copy... I'll give you a copy. ...at my door. Well, I want to get into digging your brain about different topics relevant to you. Okay. So... Just to give you a spiel about the show. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to describe it as a dialectically motivated Mm -hmm. interview. What that means is basically the interview is obviously me asking you questions, you give me answers, and we go back and forth. But the dialectical aspect is essentially I will try to take positions that are opposing what you say. Uh, mm-hmm. Just to kind of grow the idea, not debate, but a formal and converse, conversational to growth. Devil, de- devil's advocate, right? Essentially, sort of yeah. Like, like this is what other people might yes. pursue. Yeah, and it's it's to grow the idea, not just for us here, but also for this episode to serve as an individual perspective in mm-hmm. the greater conversation of all the episodes before. So I might make might make references to other people's yeah. ideas that mm-hmm. have been on the show. Okay, yes. so the first thing that I want to investigate. Um, I know you said just now that in your uh, authorship that the book that you're writing isn't really emphasizing romance. It's more about people and life. But I got I got a, I got a wind of the romance, and I, I had to I had to ask because one of my one of the things that interested me while I was studying philosophy, specifically philosophy of uh, emotion and stuff, was the idea of love. Um, so I wanted to ask you what you think love is. Um, there are a couple of really great answers to okay. this question. One is like in its basis form, love is chemicals in your brain, right? Like we we mm-hmm. know that that's mm-hmm. like proven or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I wrote this one time, and I think about this all the time. If love 
is just in your head, why does your chest hurt when you're heartbroken? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but like yeah. when, like, I mean, I went through a breakup. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's like, like, if love is just up here, why is it so physical? Why is it so like, like, it, your mm-hmm. chest hurts, like everything hurts. It's, it's, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, like, that, that's just something that I keep with me all the time, like in my head. I'm that like, it's, it's more than just chemicals, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, there's, it's kind of like, love is, uh, this is, this is a hard question to answer. This is a very, like, there's so it's, many different variations It's a very this, broad, right? yeah. So like, you have to, you have to work for love. Like some, <laughs> like it comes naturally at first, but you have to work for it, right? Yeah. But like love is like your willingness to, to be with a person pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like, like so there's a there's a philosophical conception of love um don't ask me who the authors are because i don't remember but one of the one of the notions of love is this idea of love is a unity it is it is the sort of capacity for two people to formulate a we for a lack of a better term i like that um like in ayn rand's uh uh what's that book that ayn rand wrote where Uh, everybody is like Everybody is a part of the we or, yeah, whatever, yeah, or liberty, yeah. whatever. Something. But, yeah, the whole the whole idea is... Uh, and even, like, uh, accounts like Plato's Symposium, where Aristophanes kind of talks about the separation. We were, like, amorphous blobs, and then Zeus was like, hey, yo, why are you trying to overthrow me? And then, like, split <laughs> us in half. And so what we end up doing is starting, you know, when we pursue our life is to find our other half yeah. type deal. And it's this idea that we are actively pursuing this sort of... Uh, oneness we're trying to become as close to being one and we as possible yeah which um, i could definitely see that because have you ever been with somebody and they're like giving you a hug and they're like i wish i could just be like literally under your skin right now yeah like that's what i feel like that is like. yes yeah, so that is a that is a very that is a popular conception of love as far as the philosophical sense goes so is that something that you you relate to or do you kind of lean a little bit more towards the biological no i definitely i i only mention the biological because i know that people there are people out there that are like love is chemicals a which lot of is, people yeah, yeah which people see that and they're, it's they're like love is chemicals and you experience love because your body is trying to to like is is wanting offspring or something like i i totally get that that is that happens oxytocin and stuff like that that definitely happens in nature i totally understand that but like love is just like it's this feeling and it's so overwhelming and like Mm -hmm. like to be in love is to like is to like breathe air again Mm -hmm. like it's like like when you're not in love like right now i mean i i suppose i'm not really in love right now like when you fall in love it's like this euphoria that you don't even know like you didn't mm-hmm. even realize you could feel that way about somebody you didn't even realize that like you could be this person that you are like mm-hmm. you think of them you smile like they have you smiling you're literally not doing anything and like i don't know it, it's hard to, it's so hard to define love we can give of course ways that people see people are in love right like yeah. how they look at each other how they interact but it's hard to define like what love actually is well that is the that is the goal of a philosopher right to find the extent that's a good of little things. question right there <laughs> oh, no. um 
But it, it, is, it is interesting because there is a sort of sweeping up account of love where it's like you, you completely become infatuated with this other yeah. human being. And, and that, that's, that that's another good point is like what's the difference between love and infatuation, and infatuation slash obsession. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, because love is like, I feel like love, uh, I feel like. Because that's a good question. This, is, this is not yeah. going to transfer well because this is a podcast, but like I'm going to show you right here. I feel uh-huh. like if you love somebody, you should be able to love them from this far away, and yes. you should be able to love them this far away. Like I feel like you should be able to, if you're truly from like in six, love. six feet apart to no, six inches. No, wait, wait, what I'm saying is like if you're like, if you're really in love, I feel like you're comfortable enough that you don't have to be, you, you can live your life and still find ways that they fit into it, you know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. You don't feel the need to like always go everywhere with each other and do everything. I feel like that's the obsession aspect of it. But do you think that goes against that 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 take that you sympathize with this we right? Because if it if the goal of love is this this sort of to almost vanish this wall between two individuals, to be able to say that if you do spend a lot of time where you only stay with them, that 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 seems like the the fulfilled version of that account. Yeah. So do you think that 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 hollows that, or does that invalidate that account, or <sighs> is there some way to salvage it? Like, what would you say? I don't feel like that invalidates it. I just feel like there. I mean, uh, lo- love is like love is wanting to be with somebody, right? Like, like you obviously can't be with this person all day every day but love is the wanting to go home and be with that person you know what i mean like like Mm -hmm. like choosing that person every day right Mm -hmm. so like you could go home and you could hop on your games and like not pay attention to your girlfriend or whatever which Mm -hmm. i sympathize with and um um or you could go home and you could choose your like oh like I've been missing you all day. I want to know how your day was. I want to spend time with you. Not not just a you're there sort of thing. Not getting existence. You know what I mean? So it's but, more... But yeah. also on that same note, I do feel like you need to be able to like have your space and appreciate like being alone. I feel like a lot of love is like you love somebody else, but you also love yourself. Like you can appreciate and love... So you being be, being with yourself, you know what I so mean. So how do you negotiate that 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 dynamic between almost utter symbiosis with another human, but at the same time autonomy under these things? Unless we describe love some someone else, because to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like the account of love that we're giving is very much relationship dependent. That the, the love is the relationship itself and that relationship contextualize how those feelings are emerging as opposed to maybe like an emotional account where love is just an emotion and we make a relationship around this emotion that yeah. we feel. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, you you get in a relationship because you're in love. Like, honestly, I, my previous boyfriend, um, I knew I was in love with him before we even started dating. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how sure I was. So would you, and, yeah. and by the way, backstory, we were together for like four years. So okay. like, it, it definitely was a long relationship. Yeah. Like it was a love filled relationship, yeah. but like I already, it was just this feeling. And I just like, I just loved him. Mm-hmm. And then we started dating and I didn't, I didn't tell him I loved him for a while after, but like I already, there you was something in, in heart, me that, yeah. that like knew, but I am saying love starts out like that, but then love is almost something that you choose. Like you have to choose to like work with somebody you have to choose like 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 to foster the feelings yeah Yeah. you know like like you're gonna get mad and you have to choose to like find a solution or else or else you could just give up so then you know would you say then that if we're defining love since love can exist prior to the relationship before the formulation Mm -hmm. of a we 
do you think that and the fact that there exists one-sided relationships and stuff like that mm. uh, maybe maybe it's it's a better course to to define it in terms of something other than like a the union between people yeah maybe like a different conception i know that the opposing conception is that love is uh a, a, an emotion that is yeah. another one that we can do um no i i definitely feel like love is an emotion well i mean like chemicals in your brains are emotions right so like well it depends on what your conception is right because my my problem with the biological account and what some people would you know oppose a biological account is that when we define things in terms of the biology it seems as though there's something missing from the knowledge that we can obtain from that thing yeah so like Something they, human missing. It, exa- it's just very, it's, like, it's, it's letters well, this, on paper. It doesn't even have to be, uh, what's it called, human-based. So, like, this comes up in conversations about uh, consciousness, mm-hmm. where, um, let's say you were to lock someone in a room, let's say, and they cannot see any colors besides that, but they learned every bit of information there was about red, the color red. Mm-hmm. They knew it. You, we had perfect ways of describing it to where they would understand it, the feelings, the associations, everything. You've learned everything there is to learn about red. Now, if they were to walk out of that room and see red for the first time, the question is, mm-hmm. would they learn something new? Because if they can, then that means there is something more to the redness, oh. the experience of the object emitting redness, that there's something that we intellectually can't understand about it that is meaningful enough to define it as knowing. So the same thing with love. Mm-hmm. Sure, we can describe it intellectually, understand yeah. all the mechanisms that are going, but do we learn something new from the fact that we've experienced it? And that is something where, you know, does the knowledge that it's all chemical based or anything really adequately describe what love is? No, not, not in the slightest. Yeah. Like literally, I, but, I don't even think that I'm doing a great job just describing no, what love okay. is. and that's okay. And that's fine. And yeah. sometimes it's just an experience thing. But you know, when we try to define something, we're, we are getting as close to the the yeah. marker and that's what we can do with well a, i mean like, and what like this is going to attribute to another conversation about love like you know what i mean so like yeah like, exactly yeah like and we'll we, we all can put forth our thoughts on it and then we can make one big umbrella yeah. that's like love is is all these things love and just is, figuring out the perspectives yeah. and stuff so i want to go back to this idea of love as an emotion so emotions don't have to just be characterized as mm-hmm. um a uh, chemical basis right so what the definition that I've operated on on emotions for the mm-hmm. longest time is by a man named Robert C. Roberts. It's a great, it's a great name. Um, hey, yo, Roberts. <laughs> hey, Roberts. Anyways, so his conception, his definition is that emotions are a concern-based construal. So what that means is that, uh, or yeah, concern-based construal. So when he identifies concerns, it's basically things that we've developed throughout our lives that are uh, of our you know, we've we've associated as necessary for our life, whether mm-hmm. that is when we we're born, biological concerns, so like eating, sleeping, shelter, all that stuff. Oh, interesting. Um, and then as we grow up, just things of our own concerns. So if I I love philosophy, oh. you love writing, no so things way. like that. You like philosophy? Oh, I know, weird. I couldn't have guessed by the everything that's happening right now. No, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I actually hate it with a passion. <laughs> I actually no. hate it. Um, but. So that's when we formulate these concerns. And so constrals is basically how we see an object or see things. It's the, it's the way that we perceive things. So mm-hmm. like in an optical illusion, have you ever seen the one where it's like the face and the vases, where like in one moment you look at it and you see a vase and yes, the other okay, one it looks yeah. like a face. So when you construe it, this image is a sort of amalgamation of different shadows and stuff. 
but when we see it, we construe it as either one or the other. So that's what he sees as sort of um, emotions, that mm. we have these concerns that inform the way we construe objects. So the example I like to give, not to go on a long sort of tangent, but um, the example I like to give is if you are driving in traffic uh -huh. and someone flips you off and tries to cut you off and then they happen to get into an accident. Nothing bad, they just crash into something and you yeah. know they're fine, everybody's fine. Mm. You perceive that and you experience the emotion called schadenfreude, the, the, the joy of seeing someone else misery it's like the instant karma motion how do you moment. know that i would enjoy that though <laughs> yeah we don't talk about that what if what if i was actually really sad for that well that's person? what i was gonna say so the other person right someone who didn't see that transpire they just see someone crash mm. might feel worry yeah so the point being is this event is irrespective of anything it's just a oh, crash and so but because of my concern for my preservation and evaluating this as a sort of this trans this aggressive transaction mm -hmm. as violating mine when i see that i feel this or i process or construe this event as my uh, sort of penance for the or not penance like retribution yeah. for his bad action so Vindication. i yes exactly so i see and i construe these emotions yeah. i experience the yeah. emotion of schadenfreude mm -hmm. while this person only sees this event you know their concern of yeah. humanity or people, they put themselves in their shoe yeah. and they're now experiencing the feelings of worry or concern. And so that is how he describes emotions. Basically all that to be said, when love is described as an emotion, it's usually Happy. to define, uh, what's it called? That love itself can be an emotion, but we have to identify what the feeling is mm. and what is the object of that love. So like when I feel happiness, there's something that I'm feeling happy about. That something oh. about this is making me, I'm construing this, right? And it's appealing mm. to my concern. So do you have an answer for that? Or do you think that you operate on those lines? I literally have no idea how I define love. Like uh, under, okay. those, under those parameters. And here's the thing, yeah. you make a lot of good arguments, but like, it, it just got me thinking, like, I know what the feeling of happiness is, and I know what the feeling of love is, but, like, how would you even describe that? Mm. Like, Do you think I it's possible know, it's so, to describe it? I don't, well, I mean, it's kind of like the, the same thing as, like, trying to describe colors, right? So, like, <laughs> it's like, you feel it, like, I'm looking at green, and I'm like, oh, apples are green, but that didn't really describe the color. That's apples just saying green? that, well, something. <laughs> Oh yeah, some apples are green. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? But like, sorry, that was usually red apples. When I yeah, no. <laughs> I know you're right, but in my brain, I was like, wait, what? All right, so I, yeah. so like, Granny Smith apples yeah, are green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, you can say that, and then you can put that in your your brain bank or whatever, mm -hmm. but that doesn't actually actively describe what the color is. That's just giving you like a this, this, this yeah. item is this or whatever, right? Yeah. So same thing with love. It's like, love is like this feeling of like almost like like overjoyed or like i don't know <laughs> mr really had a good way with words about stuff like that where he'd be like to describe like like perfect, yeah, yeah this is it's overwhelming it's this it's this and like love is that but like is that actually the like best way to dis to, to yeah. define it or is that just giving like buzzwords that you can use to describe love you know mm -hmm. what i mean it's it's like the example of your describe like if someone asks you what a bee is and you point out all the bees in the hive, you didn't really define what a bee is. Yeah, you just you're just like, it looks like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're like, awesome. They're like, thanks. I feel wow. so enlightened. No way. What about that one? They're like, that's not a bee. That's a yellow jack. You better watch out for those bad you're boys. like, those, those people ain't going to die. They're going to keep stinging. Okay, well, I think, you know what? I think that's a great place to leave that question off. And we'll move on. So I want to step 
into uh, the realm of the political, but also as a writer. So as we've both been seeing and keeping up with, um, Florida and Texas have implemented a decent amount of uh, book bans and restrictions. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's other states that do it, yeah, but, but those, those are the are ones that have been popping up in the media. Yeah. And so, you know, pop- popping. <laughs> they're popping. Um, so the, originally, you know, a lot of the books were kind of fixated on um, ideas like that are kind of controversial in society, yeah. like mm-hmm. critical race theory or gender theory or anything like that. Yeah. But they have extended newer to, ideas that have come up yeah. more recently in these years. And they have, ex- but they've extended to these sort of notions of like even like George Orwell's books and like things that. For, like Fahrenheit George 451. Orwell. Yeah, okay. Fahrenheit. I do know he Fahrenheit didn't write 451. That. That was no, Ray um, Bradbury. Ray Bradbury. Yeah. What, George Orwell sounds really familiar. 1984. Though. That? Oh, that's what that yeah, is. 1984, Animal Farm, stuff like that. Animal Farm. I remember yeah. that. Um, so, George Orwell, yeah, these, these people. And it has launched uh, a conversation on the idea of book banning and specifically censorship because I think even dialogues on Twitter, right, with uh, people like uh, Andrew Tate or Donald Trump getting taken off of the Twitter and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So censorship has become a mainstay in uh, Amer- like American yeah. political system. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I want to get your perspective as a future author. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, I think, as someone who writes a book that is passionate, and I know you're not necessarily staying in the political, but... Mm-hmm. Any any author, right, that dedicates yeah. time, effort, and you know energy to share their thoughts, opinions, getting silence like that. What what do you feel? What do you think? There are a few different. I I have thought about this a few times actually, and there are a few different avenues. Like one, not not really relating to books and stuff, but like like just the idea of censorship. Like mm-hmm. what what is too far, right? <laughs> so like like is censorship okay? And if so what is the level mm-hmm. personally speaking and this might be controversial to some people i feel like you shouldn't censor anything like okay. like were written words mm-hmm. but with that being said like that then allows people who write stuff like hate hate stuff about hate speech yeah, yeah hate speech so it's like I feel like they should be able to say whatever the fuck they want to say, mm-hmm. but also like just don't give them the time of day if it's something that you know what I mean. But also with that being said, like words are so powerful, speech can incite things and stuff like that. Which is so it, it's just it's such like a fine line to walk, right? Well, let's 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 go with the idea of just pure and unadulterated free speech like yeah. in the sense of you can write whatever. Yeah. Um, do you think that we would need to protect defamation and libel laws? The, the, the fact that I could write a negative review or call you, let's say uh, the BBC decides to post that uh, someone's a pedophile um, mm-hmm. and they are not. And now their career yeah. is ruined. Or we see it all the time. Well, with, uh, that's 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 a good point to make. Like, like should you be able to post lies, like blatant lies or whatever? Yeah. So, like, I mean, are you, you know, with this sort of, un, mm-hmm. you know, unfiltered, everybody can write whatever they want to write? that is a problem. I mean, yeah. do you think that you can find a solution for that or do we just ban libel and defamation? Like, guess, we keep those laws I, I just... The, the, see, the, the, this is why I think about this and I have trouble with it. It's because, mm-hmm. like... Like... Because where where is that line of hate speech? Like, yes, some things are bad to say, but some people, like, it... Like, pe- people getting canceled on, like, YouTube and stuff for, mm-hmm. like, stuff that they say. And people are like, that's not even that bad. Or, like, that's taken out of context. Mm-hmm. So then, like, 
these people's lives are affected because of that. And mm-hmm. then, but also, should people who are writing hate speech be able to do that? Should people who are writing lies be able to do that? It's it's just such a fine line to walk, which is why, like, well, what, where do you, what is that line and where do we define it? Well, where do you line on that? So where would you put the line? I feel like, uh, honestly, uh, defamation and libel. I think that hate speech, it sucks and is unnecessary and shouldn't be said. But, mm-hmm. like, what is it? I mean, I guess maybe I just haven't really been a victim of it. No, I, I don't really get affected by it. But, like, okay. people are going to say things, and you're just going to have to, like, be like, oh, that's not going to bother me. You know what I mean? Like... That you can you can just shrug it off. Cause, yeah, I mean, I mean, but also I understand there, there are groups of people that, like, really are affected by things like that, and I totally get that. Mm-hmm. But it's just, like, to me, the way I grew up, it was, like, if people say stuff... To you, just let it roll off your back. Like, mm-hmm. you, like you don't have to read that. Like, yeah. if, if if you see something, if you see a great example, if Andrew Tate writes something about women that I don't like, I just don't read any more of Andrew Tate's stuff or whatever. I'm mm-hmm. just like, I'm not involved in that anymore. Mm-hmm. If somebody writes something about this and I don't like it, I'm like, I'm just not gonna follow that person. I'm not gonna do that. Mm-hmm. But also, like, what happens whenever somebody is writing a specific piece about you? Yeah, well, which is that de- yeah. De- defamation? Which yeah, we yeah. can go into that. But let's talk about the general topic. I want to summarize your position before you know critiquing it anyway. So, mm-hmm. with general like hate speech and stuff. So, would you say that uh, generally speaking, we should we shouldn't restrict hate speech because yes, it sucks and yes, it hurts. But you have a capacity to walk away. You have a capacity to yeah. you know process. I mean, it I guess and, it kind of depends on like, is it. It's a teetering is it more to violent de- almost like I mean is it yeah. like like pugnative yeah. I mean if it's just like this person sucks or whatever then whatever but I but, mean like in the case of like you know as you said if if I don't have to read it I can avoid it if even if it is pugnative or violent or yeah. malicious I just feel like maybe me personally I just don't want to give people the power to ruin me like mm-hmm. like I feel like like no one has the, the the right to ruin me. Like they 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 don't have that that credence over me. So what, I'm just not gonna let it. What do you me. mean by ruin you? Like, well, like you, like um like because you can ruin like obviously like financially and like like career wise, but well, also no, no, personally not, not, like your own. Not 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 like that. Like I, I don't want to give somebody um the the credit of oh, affecting okay. me. Like, of, of saying something that actually affected of of like that that really hurt my feelings that put me in this position. Okay. Like I'm like. I, I don't want to give you credit for that because, like, that's... You, you know what I mean? Like, that it, it's kind of hard to... What, credit as in, like, you don't want people to have the ability to do that? Or what do you mean by credit? No, like, like I don't want people to have solace knowing that they've affected me that much. So I just don't get affected. Like, if people are like... If people look at me and they're like, Virginia's weird. There's, there's some girl at work that was telling people that she thought I was autistic. Right? That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Probably not wrong, but anyway, oh, but anyway, like I didn't get offended by that because I was like, it literally, like, okay, whatever. Even if you feel that way about me, it's not gonna affect but, me. But I mean, as you, you know, we've we've talked about, like, words and violence and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I mean, going back to this idea of restrictions or not, I mean, mm-hmm. do you think you should have a right to defend? Like, let's say someone does say something that is not just deeply offensive, but also, yeah, uh, I mean traumatizing or hurtful mm-hmm. right i mean well and and that's another good thing like people might have trauma that might trigger trauma like 
Which is why it's the, the these questions are are good to ask, but they're so trivial sometimes because it's like well, that's why I'm trying is... to I'm trying to see where you land, right? Because yeah. you, you're appealing to a lot of um, well, and I, and I told you I, I preface this by saying this is how I think. I know. Yeah, but what's your opinion? But my opinion is, if you were to ask me my opinion, <laughs> my opinion is what other people have. <laughs> no, no, here's I'm the thing. I, I'm just I'm so uh, my my sister used this word earlier. I'm so considerate of like other people's feelings that sometimes it does feel like. Like, I don't have an opinion on certain yeah, things. which is okay. I mean, that's 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 fine in a practical sense. Yeah. But at the same time, when it comes down to it, if you yeah. are the only one to make the decision. Well, here, let's, let, let's relate it back to what we were talking about earlier with books, right? Okay, yeah. I feel like books shouldn't be banned in schools. Okay. I feel like, I mean, here's the thing. If you don't want that book in your library, just don't buy it. But I don't think that it should be banned. What I think about, that like, if somebody schools? has the what do you mean by like, that? Like um like public libraries and stuff. Yeah, I mean I, I feel like if, if you don't want that book in your library, you just don't buy it. I feel like if somebody gets their hands on a book that they really want to read, that they um have the ability to read and have the, the, the cognizant awareness to read, I feel like they should be able to read it. But the, mm-hmm. those books that we're talking about, like Fahrenheit four fifty one um, Animal Farm was one that got uh, mm-hmm. banned. There were a bunch of like queer books that got banned mm-hmm. because, I mean, especially in Texas and Florida. Yeah. Like, I feel like if you read a summary on a book and you're like, you know what, that sounds interesting to me, I feel like you should be able to read it. Like, it shouldn't matter. And and again, if schools don't want to have those books in their libraries, that's fine. But I also feel like you can't, like, if people bring books from outside that are like that, you shouldn't be able to do that. Well, that's... Now, do, do the books have like, like gut pictures of guns in them and violence and stuff that might be a different story but that's the question right so the book ban is for specifically public school libraries right that's i mean like you can't really like put like a, a complete and utter ban on books being shipped yeah. in and stuff mm-hmm. and to your point like yeah if you read it you find it cool like read it but yeah. the question being now is the, that by the way there were some books that were banned because they had like explicit sexual content that like I feel like maybe you could get away with because it is supposed to be a school. Like if that's an elementary oh, yeah, school, yeah, yeah, yeah. you maybe shouldn't read it. But are we gonna pretend like people don't know what sex is and generally and, like, speaking, yeah. Well the point that I'm I'm trying to trying to get at when it comes to censorship and stuff is that when it comes to like books and um and being able to find it right, you made the point that if you can find it outside of the school and the school doesn't really want to keep it, school doesn't have to, but if a kid brings it in it's great. We can take even like Animal Farm or any of these books, yeah. we can ex- we can neglect the explicit content ones, right? Mm-hmm. For me to be exposed to those types of literature, I either have to have a parent mm-hmm. that is interested in it, or I have to have someone outside of school to be interested in it. Mm-hmm. Most of our literary interests and things are developed because of the selection of books in... Or, hear me school. out, yes. the internet. The internet. The internet is a powerful tool. Now, I'm not, I mean... But the the point that I'm making is that school is conducive to increasing that number, right? Like, if Mm -hmm. I only go onto the internet for YouTube videos and vibes, if I happen to see a book, Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, but but, but at school, your English class goes to the library once every month And you're forced to find a book, yeah. And they're like, find something to read. Or Or especially the thing that I, uh, you know, I will be grateful for is like reading animal, being forced to read Animal Farm. What I can't understand is that that Fahrenheit 451 was a book that we were required to read. So (laughs) that's why I don't understand why that's banned. And the funny thing about Fahrenheit 451 is it's literally a book about censorship. It's about books not existing. Yeah. 
And I, and like that society and where are we, if we don't have the knowledge of books, if we don't have the like education that comes with it. And then they banned that book. Like that's so, I, I feel like that's motivated by something, you know? Here, there, here, there. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want my podcast to get banned. Look, all, <laughs> all I'm saying is I'm a big fan of conspiracy theories and I got one about that. Just so you know. No, that's fair. <laughs> but I mean. So to the extent of you, let's say, let's strip government, let's strip all of that. Like, Mm. do you agree with the sentiment that these types of books, not explicit content, nothing Mm. like that. Yeah. We won't even get to, like, Mein Kampf examples and stuff. But, like, (laughs) books in general, like, do you think that general books that pass some, at least some limit of, Mm. like, that are are pushing thought, but maybe not necessarily, like, you know, pushing Mm. into... Or even actually, you know what, my, not explicit imagery, but even like literature that is a little bit hateful or anything like that, yeah. or critical of societies. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's, a, that's something that we should center or not? Do you think that's something, where do you fall on that, that sort of... I don't think it, with, uh, with the exception of like violence books and explicit sexual content in schools, mm-hmm. I feel like that shouldn't be banned. Like... Mm-hmm. The mind is so crazy. Like, you... To try to put so much strain on the mind to, like... How do I want to word this? You can take your time. I know. To... What's the word? To restrict the knowledge, Mm -hmm. I feel like, is pointless. Mm -hmm. Because it's, like... it's. Like, you're going to learn anyway. You know what I mean? Well, that's not necessarily the case, right? I mean, uh, I don't know about you, but have you come into contact with the uh, active, let's say, Nazi sentiment in, in your in your day-to-day life? Like reading? Life? Yeah, and not just reading, but the I mean, ideology. I didn't see it and pick it up and go, huh, this, this Or what about, like, uh, pro-anarchy arguments? Like, like well-structured, like, you know, or communist, pro-communist, like... Well I mean, I feel like you should like be that. knowledgeable on anything that you want to be knowledgeable on. Like, if, if, if you see that, and, and I'm not saying that I agree with those views, but if I see that and I'm like, I wonder what this person thinks about this, or I wonder more about this, I feel like you should be able to read up on it. You know what I mean? Well, in, in terms of this, the censorship, right? Because you were saying, like, it's, 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 uh, it's almost ridiculous to think that we should limit knowledge in any capacity because you know yeah people are going to learn anyways mm-hmm. well there has to be an interest to go out and learn you said that anybody can go learn these things mm-hmm. if they want to but where does that want to come from i guess from other education like when you're in history or you're in whatever and so that's why you would support keeping a you know a broad stroke yeah. you know as again with the exceptions mm-hmm. that you've given prior you would keep those books now to 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 side with the the people who are banning i mean do you think that we could foster interest in things that aren't good, that may, the content itself is not violent, but may produce, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we encountered this with the mm-hmm. Red Scare, right, for communist literature, the Communist Manifesto. These things were yeah. not easily accessible because of the fear of what communism would do. Whether mm-hmm. you agree with that or not is besides the point. Yeah. But it's this idea that there are ideologies that we learn about or read about mm-hmm. that, you know, can produce negative thoughts. I'm a big advocate that people who read Nietzsche and learn about nihilism should be trepidatious because yeah. nihilism is a very 
nuanced thought process mm. that people will take and just be like, oh, life is meaningless, and then they'll just be depressed. Yeah, <laughs> which is not even really the, um, the, the like, point. point of yeah, that. There's a, yeah, there's a grander thesis and a grander goal with that. Well, here's the thing. If, let, let's say... Let's say there is an argument for censorship, right? Mm -hmm. What's that line and who decides what that line is? It's what a better, is a better question. Because I feel like whoever is deciding it right now is not, is not operating in your, within good parameters. In your perfect world, mm -hmm. what would that be? The line for... Um, what would be determined as like censorship? If you had much, to summarize pre it. Pretty much what I was talking about, like um, just violent. If it's like... Just your exceptions from earlier. If it's like, go out and kill people, mm -hmm. let's not, you know, do that. Mm -hmm. um, if it's like <clears throat> explicit sexual content, not, not, not educational. Like if it's an educational book about like, this is what intercourse is. These are the things I feel mm -hmm. like that might be okay to have. Cause that's like, that's not going into some gruesome details. Or yeah. But, um, I mean, anything that's like rape, I don't think should be allowed because that's just like a horrible, horrible act. Mm -hmm. Sort of, but also there's a lot of really powerful story. I mean, is it? Yeah. Is what's it, the difference between describing? Is it a story? So yeah. here's the thing: the the girl with the dragon tattoo. I read that book. There mm -hmm. are rape scenes in that book, but I felt like that was a really powerful book for me to read. But I know that some people get really triggered by that and can't read that. Mm -hmm. So is it more like a should there just be warnings around these books? Like, hey, these if books they, are. If it produces like a, um, as John Stuart Mills would say, a harm principle, right? A, a legitimate harm. Mm -hmm. If you can identify what that legitimate harm yeah. is, then it's, mm -hmm. it's that's the that's the hard and fast line. That but I okay, if it's if it's a let, let's say it's communism, a communist book or whatever. Communist manifesto there you by go. good old Marxy boy. Let's say that there's that one. Like, I feel like you should be able to read that if that's your interest. And I know that sounds horrible, but like, that. why is that horrible? Well, I mean, I just feel like, like, it's like, I As... mean, to, to, to put it into, per, into perspective, we've <laughs> said this before. I told you, I think that the Bible is an important book to read, but I don't share my principles with the Bible, but mm -hmm. it's, in literature, it's important stories. They teach, it's stories that teach you about things. Mm -hmm. Whether you are religious or not, I think that maybe you should read or at least have an understanding of the Bible. You can have an understanding of, of the Communist Manifesto without being communist or something. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like I feel like you should be able to read those. And also in, in a world where we censor, like how do we find common ground with anybody? You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that I want to find common ground with Well, I mean, at some with point... With Marx, but... I mean, at some point you would. Yeah. Because, like, if you censor enough people, then you only have one ideology. Yeah, right. Like, so if like you how... were to say anybody who disagrees with the Bible, then at least everybody would be biblical. That would be the sentiment. But that's so boring. That's what 1984 was about or whatever, yeah, where it's like that, everybody's yeah. just the same fucking person or whatever. But that's the, but that, the, and that would be the thing, right? That there is, but if there is a true ideal, right? Let, let's say, let's assume that God, like the Christian Bible, right? Mm -hmm. Is the access to the one good truth, right? So that is the truth, objectively. Now, arguments of whether it is aside, yeah. if it is the one truth, then mm -hmm. shouldn't we all be striving for it? If we disagreed, yeah. that would cause us to but suffer who, and other people. Who's the one saying that it's the one truth, though? But let's just, but the, it's the it's the principle behind it, right? If we can assume that there is an object, like if I'm motivated to censor everybody else's literature, and I am correct in the fact that I know and everybody can agree mm -hmm. that this is the one truth, 
Why would we want dissent? Why would we want to be opposed to that? Why would we why would we not censor things when we know that this is definitively going to make society better, people better, life better? I guess that's a good question, but we don't know. So. Well, yes, but the, the I, point... I feel like I couldn't even answer that question because I can't even imagine a world where that happens. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like I can't even put myself in those shoes because mm-hmm. there's so many different ideas and knowledges and things are discovered every day. Things mm-hmm. are put into perspective every day. I feel like I can't even imagine a world. Well, maybe like strip one. the Bible, but let's talk about like rules, like social yeah. etiquette, right? We, we, Don't we, get me I started think... on rules. I really like rules exactly where they are. I'm, I'm not the person to ask about rules. Well, that's the, the point that I'm saying is that you like rules the way they are mm-hmm. because they, they produce some sort of good. They yeah. produce something that's valuable to you. Well, they are supposed to produce something good, but in our even in our declaration or our constitution, it There's says. Problems, right? Well, I mean, it it says that people should rise against um, laws that are. Unjust, yeah, yeah. unjust laws. So I do understand that aspect. But you overall would value legislation and yeah. legality. Like, and stuff do like I that. think that falling traffic signs are important? Yes, or else people would get in a lot of accidents. And if you had people that would, and wouldn't you strive for the ideal that everybody were to follow those laws? Now you can question them, but you should follow them. I'd say yes. But also, then I feel like that'd be so boring. Like, not that I don't, not not that I want to break rules. But what, what? So, what is the value of boring in society? I mean, a good society is a good society. There's other yeah. things that we get. We still got like movies. We still got like entertainment. I just feel like, well, I mean, and and if all rules are followed all the time, there's no change. There's never any change, you know. And well, sometimes we can still question, right? Bad. We can still question. Yeah. We can follow the rules, but question. So that doesn't go away. But if we were to just follow the rules, mm-hmm. that is an ideal that you would strive for. And if you strived for that, that is something that you can akin to this perfect ideal, that there's something that we can say in your perspective that is definitively true that we should all strive for. And you would advocate that, mm-hmm. you know what, we should, you know, have more people do this. We shouldn't. And anything that contributed to people going against the law mm-hmm. should be punished or banned or gotten rid of, if yeah. especially because they know definitively that society would not work if we were to do it otherwise. Yeah. And that is the sentiment that people in these sort of like in, you know, in Texas and mm-hmm. in Florida are espouting that, that these ideals that people are saying are detrimental to society. Yeah. So taking that sentiment. But who defines what's detrimental is the thing. That 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 that's that's the real issue. Well, what would you? I mean, do you think that those threats are genuine, genuinely detrimental? You can like as using your objective or using your rule example, right? Mm-hmm. You can determine when someone's breaking the rules yeah, if, and not if, breaking the if, rules. If rules are set, then you're like, oh, it's very black and white. But I feel like there's so many shades of gray. Like it. For, for thoughts and feelings, like, if, if, if there's something physical happening, you're like, that is not correct. You know, mm-hmm. that either falls in this black or this white, right? Mm-hmm. But feelings and emotions and people all, we're all just shades of gray. Like, mm-hmm. literally, 50 shades of gray. Anyway, we're, we're all shades of gray, right? So, it's like, that is where, which is why we have... Um, two separate political parties. That, well, that, that's why we, that's, I mean, two main separate yeah, political parties. But that's parties, the point but... that I'm making, right? To go back to you defining what you mean, right? Because this is just a challenge on your own individual perspective. Mm-hmm. 
if you were to ask who is to determine that who are these things where yeah. there's restrictions you've given your you've given your examples of uh, mm-hmm. exceptions earlier yeah you've come to some sort of understanding of what that what leads you more out of the gray more into the to ex- the extremes in your language mm-hmm. why is it justified to use those things as good indications of detrimental to society if literature is being given to children that has explicit sexual content yeah. that's going to degrade the society yeah. mm-hmm. why are you to say that confidently i i mean i would not say that would de- well i mean i don't know if i want to show like a two-year-old or like a kindergartner like you no know. i i definitely i definitely agree with that which is why i said that earlier is exactly. like I, I don't think they should have violence because it's a good example. I, I, I guess it's more like, like this, if, if we were to ban, if we were to ban, let's say we're banning well, let's, let's um, Fahrenheit 451. Let's strip it back because I think banning for, you know, for the sake of the conversation is a little too broad. Mm. Specifying the question, what determines whether something is bad for people or good mm. for people in terms of consumption for you? Mm. What do you think is good or bad consumption? I guess you would have to take stats on it. Like, you'd just have to, like, find people that did those things and take stats. Because I, I feel like what's happening right now is, like, one person or a council of people that don't look like you or me mm-hmm. are making choices based on things that don't exist. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I feel like if they really want to do this, they're like, all right, we're going to have this grade class read Ayn Rand's book <laughs> or read... They're all going to be objectivists. Yeah. And we're going to study them for the next 20 years and see if their crime rates are up, see if this is up, if this, this, this. But, I mean, I feel like that's objectively the only way that you would be able to be like, this is why this book should be banned. So would you say a good position to start investigating for yourself and to come on the censorship question and why we should prevent book banning as of right now mm-hmm. is that we don't have objective measurements for what is truly good in society and versus bad. Yeah. And right now we only have some X amount of information to go off of, and mm-hmm. we should include those things. So to ban, we need more evidence or yeah. research. I, I think it needs to be less of like some guys in a room saying like they don't care for these ideals mm-hmm. and more about what does it do to society? Because right now, it seems like they're just like, well, that book was written by a queer author, or that book is about queer romance. And they're like, we don't want our kids. Like, like it, it, it's We what, don't want our kids to be gay. <laughs> it's what they want, and it's not objectively what's best for society. society. People yeah. in general. Like, my, my previous GM, he would talk all the time. He'd be like, the servers know what they want, but they don't always know what they need. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's more like, like that. Like, that's what you want, but maybe that's not what, what we need, you know? That makes sense. Well, I think that's a good place to... I'm glad that we circled back around and defined it like that yeah. because, for real, I'm like, there's so many thoughts happening in my head right now. There's so many different ideals and views to to take into account or whatever. Mm-hmm. These questions are hard to answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the whole point of philosophy and why I like talking to everyday people about them because they're important. Because now you uh, call me an everyday people. Yeah, you are. What do you mean? I'm an everyday person. Who the fuck you am said, I? You said, you said, you know, normies. Like normies, you. right? <laughs> the working class. Class consciousness. So the last thing I want to ask you is about um, something that you wrote in your sort of the worksheet that I give before mm-hmm. every show. 
Um, and this idea of you feel as though the right is super, super right, and the left is secretly right politically. And I just wanted to understand what that meant. <laughs> so that just, is the last question. So what do you mean by that? Let me preface this by saying I am not necessarily a political person. <laughs> I follow it very lightly. Like, I mean, I'm aware of some things that happen. I'm not aware of, like, the most. But, like, <laughs> let's let's even give the example of Biden coming into office, right? Like, everybody, Biden and Trump are are messing with each other, right? Everybody is rooting for Biden. I, Everybody's I, like... Before you continue, I just... When you said messing with them, I just... The image in my brain was literally just like Trump and Biden getting into tickle fight. I don't know why, yeah. <laughs> but I just wanted to put that. Have you seen those videos of them um, in, in AI generates oh their, their voice and they're playing video the games? Video game? I love those videos. 360 no scope or whatever. You're like, um, this is why the inflation is so high. This is why the inflation is so high. I love those ones. Anyways. So, um, like, they're... they're um, running against each other, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody is like, every, everybody who is democratic is like, yes, yes, we want by He's exactly what we need. And the then libs. as soon as he comes into office, everybody, I, I, I have, I have friends who are um, on the left and the they libs. literally were like, I'm so glad that he's in office so that we can start shitting on him again. And I was like, why? And they're like, <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> they're like, I mean, it, it it's democratic, but he's, like, it's not like he actually shares those views. And it kind of made me think, like... What does that mean? So, like, like what what are left views and what are right views, right? So, left is usually, like, um, women's rights for, um, like, abortion, child, stuff just like that. Women, yeah. Yeah, just, just women's rights. Just women. <clears throat> what else? Um, um, gun control. Gun control. Um, you can uh, talk about... So, you, usually, Democrats are, like, don't want war, right? So, they're, like, typically. we're... we're we're gonna pull our guys out of Af- Afghanistan or whatever. Yeah. Or like back, back, back save, whenever. Save money on the. Yeah. yeah. Back back whenever Obama was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what are right views? Right views are abortion um, should be banned. Um, abortion. Yeah. Gay marriage should be banned. Yeah. This stuff like this, right? Um, the way that I describe it, right, and I mean this goes into the the thing. I, I see political views. So we have political positions, yeah. right? But, by, by the way, the, those are very far left and far right. Like, they're, they're, there's obviously shades in between, but I was oh, giving those examples. Not, those are not far right at all <laughs> or well, far left. I those mean, are, like, the common... That's I the point mean, that I was... The point like, that I was going to make yeah. is that when we look at political issues, specifically in America and the way that those dialogues go, mm-hmm. it doesn't really reflect the ideology behind it, right? Mm-hmm. Because someone could have a very... What would be stereotypically conservative view... Mm-hmm while having a liberal position. So, like, the yeah. example I give is someone might be pro-abortion because they want less uh, gay people or something. Like, that could Hilarious. be... Yeah, which is terrible. But that would be a typically democratic position what, from a, what a more conservative... What a two-birds, one-stone Exactly, of yeah. From a conservative outlook, right? Have, um, have you ever seen that, that TikTok where he's like, you hate on trans people because of this. I hate trans girls because they're girls. And it's like... Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. So when we talk about political from left to right, let me rephrase this and see where, if you still hang on to the sentiment that you were going mm-hmm. for. So I describe... political affiliation Mm -hmm. through the way that we structure or conceive of society. It's Mm -hmm. a framing device. So the way I wrote a little description, so I'll read them. So the way that can... (laughs) Let me just pull this up. So 
The way that conservatives look at society is conservatism frames society as originating from some justified tradition or goal to ma- and the goal is to maintain those practices as closely to the original principles as possible. So these, you know, first principles were built and made up by people that, you know, affirm something, whether that's God or mm-hmm. um, the original founding fathers or yeah. anybody. There is some sort of golden truth. And there is a lot of God on the right side. There is. There is. Um, any, any, basically, these, these, these people, generally speaking, mm-hmm. that have held these sort of absolutely correct first principles through mm-hmm. whatever. And what political issues, whenever, anytime they run into an issue, the goal is they take that issue and see how it's sort of gone far away from the original principles. And they determine whether that's a poor application of the first principle or a more flawed uh, aspect of secondary, you know, interpretations of the first principle. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how, um, like, it works with the Bible. You have the Ten Commandments and you have, like, biblical, like, literature that tells you exactly how to implement them in society. And you use case studies in the mm-hmm. Bible to determine whether um, or what the proper application of it is, right? So, like, people will use the Book of Job to talk yeah. about, like, dedication or suffering. People might use, Noah. like, the Binding of Isaac yeah. to talk about uh, faith and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You take these principles and you see how the implications and the applications are. And so whenever society runs into an issue for a conservative, it's going to be in reference to some sort of golden truth. Whether, so a lot of conservatives are religious for that reason because mm-hmm. they'll they'll appeal to God, right? Yeah. That the Christian religion is the truth and mm-hmm. anything we see in society has to be in accordance to that tradition. And if it's not working, it's probably because we've gotten something wrong along the way. But we are always going back to that first principle. So for conservatism, that's what that is. For for um, progressivism... Which I, I guess makes sense because it, the main word there is conserve. <laughs> yeah, they want to conserve the tradition. They want to conserve the um, Liberals Puritans. or progressivism, because liberalism is completely different, but progressives, they are people that see society more dynamically. They see it as ebbs and flows. There is first principles that we hold true, mm-hmm. but those can change at any time. Those are things that can be moving, shaping, changing. We are constantly looking for something new and innovative because as society progresses, new issues arise. Mm -hmm. And they see new issues not as something that has taken you away from this sort of ideal position. It is to see it as an equal force and is to see whether our principles are strong enough to defeat that position or is there some truth in that that can alter the way that we've been seeing society today. Mm -hmm. And so what for liberals it is, is that the first principles can be always changing. There's always innovation. We are always going to change those first principles. They are always going to change. Dynamic. Yeah, those are going to be like, yeah, it's going to be going back and forth. And we may, you know what? We hold these first principles true, but if something comes along that justifies getting rid of it, that is it. Because it's not objective. It's not... It's not a definitive thing. Yeah. It's something that is best for society's principles. It's best for society in general. Mm-hmm. And so that's why a lot of liberals and um, conservatives or progressives and conservatives mm-hmm. are at each other's throats because they fundamentally disagree with the nature of reality. Yeah. And what happens is also why a lot of the times when people are liberal when they're younger, they are seen as conservative as they get older because if you've now found this new idea that becomes your tradition. That becomes your strong truth. That is how the world is. Mm. And then that becomes your objective principle. And you're now appealing to the first thing. 
So that's why progressives tend to be younger and conservatives are also older, is because as you go and grow through your world, you learn more first principles that you don't want to shatter in reality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that is how like those things mm -hmm. work. So with that description, do you still hold yourself mm -hmm. to that original position that the, the left is the left is secretly right, the right is secretly super right? Like what does that yeah, mean? Yeah, I mean I guess maybe it just um defines it better, you know what I mean? Because, like, in my mind, <clears throat> and I, I was referencing politicians mostly. I, I wasn't really referencing... Oh, like, politics like, and, like, people. attitude. Okay. I, I, I wasn't re referencing Democrats and, and Republicans who are, like, everyday people. Mm -hmm. I was referencing the people that run for office. Okay. So, like, like Biden ran for office, right? Yeah. In his um, stance or whatever, you know, he's talking about um, getting rid of the abortion law, you know, um, he's talking about, um, uh, what is it? Student loans, mm -hmm. like for, for, for giving student loans and stuff. Yeah. So what I'm saying is to me, it seems like what's said during the, the, the running portion, the, the, the actual like fighting portion, right? Yeah. The, the, camp the campaign. It seems like what's said there is not even like the, the the liberals speak a big game about wanting to like make change and stuff but it seems like when they get in office everybody kind of just does the same stuff you know well, what i mean yeah. like but like you, because i mean and, and maybe perspective changes whenever you get in office maybe whenever you're in office you're like i see it differently now we can't really take them out of afghanistan or what or whatever i i, I know mm -hmm. that that like growing up that was a big thing for our parents probably like i don't remember a lot of it but i remember that being a big thing whenever brock came into office or yeah whatever. there was a big debate whatever i mean so the question i want to ask is like is this a, a sort of well, first, is it a criticism, just generally? Is it something that you think is a problem, or do you think that this is just how it is? Or I don't think... It? I mean, I mean, is it a problem? Yes, politics is always a problem. But I think it's more like a, like people put so much faith in who they run for, and then whenever they get into office, they're not even really like... like that. Their, their stance, their, their podium isn't even what you really wanted, right? Mm -hmm. It was just what and and i i don't want to say these people are crooked but like it kind of seems like they say stuff that they know this this side wants they they mm -hmm. they say they say stuff that they know what the liberal wants and then they get in office and they don't really do what they had said there and then whenever republicans get in the office they just take it and run run with it right like mm -hmm. like you know what i mean I, I feel like i feel like like they're like i'm going to get rid of the abortion law but it's still in and i know that laws take a long time to do but like maybe he's not even pushing it that much Maybe it's not the top of his list. Yeah. You know? I mean, do you think that's a reflection of people as political entities? Or is it the fact that this... Yeah. Or is it a problem of the structure that we have? So, like, the, the, the thing I want clarity on is it that... Obviously, the politicians are doing political things. Yeah. But is it the case that we are willfully pushing that system and are... Are, are supporting it and we're just disappointed every time it doesn't go right or is it that we're forced to participate in a flawed system in itself i think it's a little bit of both huh because uh, i i so. think i think that there are people that i think that on both sides liberals or, or conservatives that like they they just want somewhere to say what what they want and then even if it doesn't happen they're like well i said it sort of you know what i mean like mm -hmm. like 
maybe they're like, well, once they get in, they're going to do this, and then they get in, and then they don't do it, but they just never bring it back up again. They, 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 they want somewhere to put their thoughts, even if they aren't productive, pretty much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I do feel like it's like we participate. I, I, I definitely think like we participate, right? Like I, I feel like these politicians that run know they're not really liberal. I don't think that Biden really gives a fuck about a lot of the stuff that, that the left does. No. And I'm, I'm honestly moderate. I'm a moderate person. If you were to ask me to define myself, I'd say that I, I'm right in the middle. I have some views on some things that are right. I have some views on some things that are left. Like mm-hmm. I'm appreciative of people that are very different and want... Like, um, like, like gay rights and stuff. I'm a okay with that. I very much like LBGTQ plus I, I think that if you have the opportunity to discover who you are as a person and be fine with it, Mm -hmm. I'm ecstatic for you. I'm over the moon. I think that you should be who you want to be. And if you finally found that person, I think that that's, that's the best thing for you. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like people like, um, Democrats who run almost like gaslight people. I feel like they're like, we love that you're like this too. And then they get in office and nothing really happens. Course, it's not yeah. very productive. You know what I mean? So I just feel like, I, I just mean, feel like it, it's, it's a lot of gaslighting, I guess. If you want I mean, to I, I would argue that that goes both ways as you, I think you would too mm-hmm. extend it that, that, that even with Republicans, yeah. that that's well, and honestly, I, I think that I said Republicans are far right, but only some Republicans are far right. Some Republicans get in and then don't even do the like far right shit that they were talking mad shit about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so some some Republicans get in. They're like, we're fighting everybody. We're sending troops out everywhere. And then they get in and they're just like, okay, so this year's Thanksgiving um, turkey is right here. And it's like you're not even doing the things like, you said bro, you're gonna do. Where's the you know? war? Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can look at uh, what was it? The bay? Uh, Trump. Oh, with Trump, uh, we're going to build the wall and Mexico's going to pay for it. Dude. We, in fact, don't have a wall yeah. and Mexico didn't pay for it. Yeah. A crazy and, concept. And funny thing is, like, there already was a wall at the, a yeah, lot of the places. Yeah, we can talk about that. Right? But, so, so it's but like, that's the point it's, that you're It's making. actually probably less about, like, that and it's more It's less about, about like, political views, more political systems. Yeah, honestly, to, to me, it feels like these politicians run very far right or very far left. And then whenever they get into office, they become... Moderate. They just don't do anything. Some of them become a little bit more. Well, they this probably way, still have the sentiment. Way. They just don't care enough to do anything about it. Yeah. Like I mean, they but might you, be I mean, liberal. Do you or personally pers- think that Biden cares about abortions? I don't. Like I. I, I mean, I, like I think he has an attitude. I don't of see it. him caring. Well, you know so what the I mean? way that I the way that I put it is that like any political person, every person has somewhat of a political attitude. Even if you're apolitical, yeah. that is a political attitude. Yeah. So do I think that? Trump or Biden has a political sentiment? Yes. 100%. Yeah. Now, do I think that their campaigns reflect what that political sentiment is? No. No. And no. do I think that... Not at all. A polit- do I think that any political individual that is president has the capacity to do anything that they actually promise for? No. Yeah. I think that the, pres- the position I'm telling you, of presidency... They, they, they literally are kids that are giving a presentation at school. The way that they're, I put they're, it... They're literally like, I'm going to do this when I... If you... Choose me for class president. I'm going to make sure that we get slushies in them. And everybody's like, oh my God, yes. And <laughs> we want slushies. And then they get in. You, they, it's never even mentioned. It's never. Like the and it's are like, gone. It's like, no, not the even that. The machine is broken. Literally, the, 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 the people who are higher up than that are like, no. And you're like, The principal oh, comes in. <laughs> they said no slushies, guys. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's that's a conversation for the uh, the, the structure of politics in general. But... I do want to switch gears a little bit more towards the actual application of politics and the more theory behind it, because, you know, we've we've talked about 
you know, you're not a really political person, yeah. but you also I would say this is the most I've talked about politics in a while. Okay. I usually am just like, sure, whatever you like. Again, more more of who I am as a person. I'm like, sure. Would you like water with that, sir? <laughs> no, it's more of who I am as a person. Like, I just I feel like everybody lives such different lives. Everybody has such different experiences. It's wrong of me to assume what you need, what your life's like. You know what I mean? Like, yes, wait, wait, but, which is why I have so much trouble with this kind of stuff. But that's the point that I make for, for people. I think having a strong opinion in and of yourself allows you to be more sympathetic because you can, you can, it's a barometer almost. Like you can see where everybody falls and you can see where everybody is and in reference to yourself because, you know, it's not the case that's like, it's like this difference between sympathy and empathy, right? Sympathy is just feeling, it's almost uh, feeling bad for someone where it's like, if you don't feel a certain way about things, you just kind of acquisition this person because, oh, you feel passionate about it. Like, let me just, yeah, cool, you know? Yeah. While empathy, it, it is more of this idea that you put yourself in their shoes, but it's not necessarily you're putting yourself in their shoes, you're putting your shoes in their footprint. It's, 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 it's contextualizing their lived experience in terms of your life Mm-hmm. without inserting your own opinion or your own self. But the only oh, way to really do okay. that is to have a sure style of like, okay, I am me. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's, 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 it's more conducive, it's more positive. Not to like, you know, not to say that what you're doing is a bad thing. I'm just saying I've always advocated for having definitive opinions because it gives you a more sure stance of who you are, but allows you to better understand where everybody else is at. And that I think is the mm-hmm. biggest problem in politics in general. Which is why I do want to prod your brain on the label of mm. conservative, progressive, or moderate, because I think for me or for everybody, for you, mm. for you specifically, because I, I I want to take you in one step forward in your personal political huh. okay. uh, thing. So we you've heard my my explanation mm. for progressives and you've heard my explanation yeah. for conservatives. You've identified yourself as a moderate. Before we continue, what does that mean, like specifically? Like, how would you define being a moderate? I would say I'm moderate leaning right, probably. So like, okay. I'll give a few examples of things, and then you can be like, uh, maybe that's more of this. Okay. But like, for instance, cool. I think that abortions could be allowed, but <laughs> I think that they should be banned after a certain amount of time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't think that you should be able to have an abortion all the way up until the third trimester. Mm-hmm. But I do think that it should be more than six weeks. Like, mm-hmm. you're not a girl, you've never missed a period, but like, after four weeks, if you miss a period, you're like, huh, that's a little weird. And then you were approaching six already, and you're like, start to panic. Yeah. yeah. So I, I do think that they, I mean, especially if it's like for the, the, um, the health of the mother or whatever. Mm-hmm. But also, like, it does feel wrong, and, and it doesn't affect my life, so I don't really let it bother me. But it does feel wrong for people to get rid of babies just because they don't want them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Which... If it's like a, a wealth issue or not being able to raise it, that's another thing. But it's like, like I do understand why people seem adverse to it. Mm-hmm. But also, I do think that it should have you. You should still be able to operate within parameters. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So that's one. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of another. Example. Well, I think it'd be more conducive to try to figure out like some buzz statements that to see where you fall. So. Let me let me talk about my criticism of moderate because I don't I don't personally because of how I define political attitude. <laughs> that, that that's so funny because you're like let's define this and I'm like my definition is I'm in the middle and you're like stop that. Yeah, yeah the middle doesn't exist. No. Cut it out. Okay. 
So the way that I say the limit does not exist. The limit does not exist. It's we're drawing giant asymptotes real quick. <laughs> um, so the way that I describe it, right, with um, political attitudes, since it's a social framing, it's how we frame society. Mm-hmm. I argue that the middle doesn't exist because what you consider the middle to be affirms either a progressive take or a conservative take. So if you define the middle. Mm-hmm. as being something that is a virtuous position, that, that it, it consolidates all the things that we need. It's a hard and fast position. It is great to be in the middle. There's truth in it. There's goodness in it. There's whatever. Mm-hmm. That is affirming a more conservative outlook on life because you are treating that as a first principle. Remember, for conservatives, first principles dictate how society operates. So you've turned the middle into a first principle. But if you say that I'm in the middle because I just happened to fall there, it is just there, there's too many nuances, there's too many things to think about, there's so many different perspectives, you are affirming a progressive perspective because there's other ideas that I can oh. acquisition. I can constantly find counter evidence. I can constantly find I different things. I guess when you define it like how you did and you have that definition like like in in your head you could be like oh i now see this yeah and and like how how it's defined to people and and the public seems very different oh yeah it's totally yeah and that's the thing when you look at like practical politics and political science Mm -hmm. when people identify moderate they typically just go conservative because typically most people see moderate as a good thing being in the middle between two usually when we see binaries we see the middle as a good i think of it as a graph like this but maybe it's less like a graph like i'm sorry for listeners i'm thinking of it as a a line graph (laughs) as a horizontal graph where maybe it should be it's it's a it's a sphere it's multiple it's multiple venn diagrams (laughs) is the best way to put it that's multiple it's just like eight venn diagrams the middle is like i don't know his name's trevor i guess his name's trevor (laughs) that's the middle he's part of the green party yeah (laughs) he's just coasting um but that's the that's the the point that I make. So with a lot of things, so that's why you know I I pointed out earlier mm-hmm. um, the the idea of like oh those positions aren't far right mm-hmm. is because far right is like Hitler and far left is like Antifa. I don't know. Uh, no far yeah no no it is it, far it, it, far right as of right now is going to be what's called uh, intersectionality. It's going to be there are people who think that all these oppressive groups are um, that there's certain levels of oppression and circles of oppression. So like if so like if you are gay, you have certain struggles. If you're colored, you have certain struggles. If you have uh, this, you have certain struggles. If you're a woman, you have certain struggles intersectionality is that all of these things and fields mesh together mm-hmm. and they produce different perspectives and different political problems of your concern and essentially it 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 emphasizes the idea of identity to a point that it is a meaningful social issue that it causes meaningfully social issues so the way that i identify is a political issue mm-hmm. but not just that it dictates political problems political things that's when you get into critical theory that's where like a lot of full-blown communists exist even uh anarchists kind of exist in their own realm they just live on the bottom um <laughs> bottom feeders. The, the bottom feeders. um but it's going to be like a lot of those you know uh free mark like you know anti-capitalist sentiments uh super into theory and stuff like that that's far mm-hmm. left it's hyper fixated on the social constructs of society so mm-hmm. far right affirms a absolute true like there is a de- there's a figure that is yeah. 
going to command. That's going to be like monarchies, fascists, like all those super, super extreme. There okay. is an absolute one person that we go to for everything. This one's going to say it's all social dynamics and we're yeah. just ebbing and flowing and everything is in everything. And this one's we. This we, one's we. This one's I. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. So um, liberals, far, far far left are we. We is... Far right is I. Yeah. And now they can be weaponized in different... Look there's... at us bringing it back around to a point we made earlier. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Um, so when you talk about center left versus... So most people operate in like center left and center right. Most of America operates mm -hmm. in center left, center right. Mm -hmm. Realistically. So if you're like how you described like with abortion, you'd mm -hmm. be a center left. A little bit more towards like what you would go towards yeah. like the right mm -hmm. but you would be perfect you would have you would vote for politicians that were pro-abortion maybe not all the way but you would vote that's something that is an ideal you'd strive for in society uh, so because of that you are center left because you think that there is truth and there's things that we can change first principles like mm -hmm. the idea of life and personhood should be challenged they should be considered and really defined precisely yeah um you're not obfuscated, you know, you're not the conservative perspective where there is a true answer and we are trying to justify, right? So they might see Oh, I see. abortion so like, as a as a as an inconvenient or something like that. Like, Republicans are math and 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 Democrats are English. Yeah, there's like one exact answer in math and English there's a bunch of of ebbing and flowing answers if yeah you want to put it it's like it's that. it's how justified your answer inductive versus deductive if you want this that's so funny things, yeah. i'm gonna think about that forever now and you know what that's i'm gonna think republicans equal math it's even red it's even red just like just like math books are red <laughs> and democrats are blue and english books are usually blue or green oh my gosh <laughs> you know what if that helps you color theory <laughs> color theory of politics color theory. we've heard of the political spectrum but have you heard, heard of, of the of color spectrum you walk out and you're like, if we know exactly what the color blue is. <laughs> so what's purple? Oh my God. That'd be crazy. Um, but taking all that, I mean, I've given you a lot and I don't want to overwhelm you with information, but I think knowing this binary, it would be very helpful to go and just see what you feel. See where you fall when it comes to your opinions and how, and really contextualize mm -hmm. the question on whether you see things in the blue or see yeah. things in the, Where's the but thing? in the we and the contextualize and stuff like that. What's funny is I think I, I did used to have like very, like very defined views, but I told you like through talking to my sister and therapy, I, my, my views are now, it's not that I don't have views, but I feel like I just look for the devil's advocate, if you want to say that, yeah. I, look, I look for that everywhere I go. Like yeah. anytime anybody yells at me, like if, if I'm, if I'm at work and a guest yells at me, in my mind I'm like, well, like I wonder if something's happening in their life that's causing this them to lash out like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like a maybe you have to find like a good middle ground. That's define your define your own terms, but also understand others. Yeah, it's a constant. My views, I have my views, but they can change. That is that is. A good position in politics in general and if you want to define yourself more in the liberal sense that you're that you there is no standard that I'm always going to live my life I will always be open to changing the way that I think mm. operate and feel versus there is a standard that I have to follow and anything that I run into that doesn't I'm trying to get my way back to that standard 
that is a conservative. That is, I think, like the one sentence that I can summarize both of those. And, and then all of this is just things that I have come across through my years of studying politics and also reading yeah, and saying. Yeah, I so, definitely did not study politics. I did not study for this test that we just took, just so you know. That's okay. <laughs> That's fine. There's an intro to political philosophy book. You can take it. Okay. Oh, perfect. <laughs> it can come sit on my coffee table for two months before I'm like, hey, Tashar, do you want this book back? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> well... That's all I have for you. How do you feel? Do you feel like you've grown? I feel good. Um, I feel like some of my answers, people are going to be like, I don't understand what that was at all. That's okay. So That's fine. It, the point is to have different perspectives. And I understood what you said, so uh, there That's you go. That's good. But do you have anything you want to plug? You don't have your book out yet, but uh, if you no, do, I'll No, I guess just it. stay updated, huh? You know maybe, what? You can come maybe back. Maybe I'll come back on whenever I have it. Yeah, and, and then talk. I'll ask you if you're a political person. You just become a full-blown Marxist, and I'd be happy about that. <laughs> and you'd be like, see, this is why they should have banned them books. <laughs> ah, full circle. All right, well, thank you. Yeah, right. absolutely, thank you. Hopefully people don't hate this episode. They won't. Hopefully they're not like, that little girl... You're not a little girl. <laughs> You're like 23. When I wear suits at work, I literally think people look at me and go, that little boy is dressed up so much. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm closing this. Where the fuck is the stop button? God damn it. This was a jam-packed episode. I felt like there was a lot of explaining done on my part, but I hope you all understand that these issues are very nuanced, and I really wanted to cover a lot of ground. I'm so grateful to have had Virginia on the show, and I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. If you'd like to support our show, feel free to follow us on our social media and share the episode wherever you can. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please message us on Instagram or through the email listed below. With all that being said, I hope you have a great week, and until next time, keep on conversing. <laughs>